Today on the Relationship Renovation Podcast, we address a topic that was brought up to us by a listener, and it's a dynamic when you go to your partner and you have something that you want to see changed in your relationship, and they just say, no, hey, it's not me, it's you. And that's a very difficult dynamic for someone to deal with. It can feel hopeless. It can feel like you're stuck. And so we're going to address this topic directly, and we're going to help, hopefully, this listener look at it in a slightly different way. So stay tuned. Do you want to feel more emotionally and intimately connected with your partner? Then we have the tool that is exactly right for you. We have a program called Relationship Renovation at Home, and it is an amazing way for you and your partner to have a structured way weekly to work together. Because we deserve awesomeness in our relationships. Just go to our website, relationshiprenovation.com. At the top, there's a link to at home program, and it will give you a free lesson. If you want to just check it out and see if it's something that works for you and your partner, we know it will make a significant positive impact on your relationship. Hello, all, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And my name is EJ Kerwin. And once again, just want to introduce ourselves. We are both therapists. I'm a licensed professional counselor. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Yeah, we're also uh, married. We're we also are. parents of a blended family. We are. And we have an amazing uh, counseling center called Relationship Renovation in Tucson, Arizona, where we have incredible therapists who work with couples in a program that we've developed. And our mission is to support individuals and couples in becoming their best selves together. And it all started because of our own train wreck of our relationship. And here we are seven, eight years later and have this business, have this podcast. Well, seven, eight years of business, 13 years of, well, of yes, relationship. Yes, but I'm saying it, we turned our challenges into, wait, you make lemonade out of lemons. What is it? When life gives, gives you, you lemons, lemons, you make lemonade. And that's exactly what we did. Absolutely. It would have been so easy to say goodbye. And we both put in the work. We're still putting in the work, like literally you have to. daily. It's not easy, but it's worth it because I love you very much. And Thank I've you. you've really helped me become a better person. And, I've, and I'm appreciative of that. Ditto. Yeah. So, so today's <laughs> topic relates very much to that. And it was basically sort of an inquiry from a listener. Mm -hmm. And basically a listener wrote in and just said like, you know, hey, I'm in this relationship where I'm trying to tell my partner, like there's some things I need that just aren't happening, that I want some change. And then what they're hearing from their partner is like, I'm fine. It's all you. It's all you. Like, I'm okay. This is the way I want it. I wouldn't be with you if I didn't love you. And so, like, this is a you problem, not a me problem. Hence the title of our episode. It's not me. It's you. It's you. <laughs> it's you. But I feel like, because we've seen a lot of this, like, we do consultations with all the couples before they start our relationship innovation program because we want to make sure that they're ready for it because it can be super intensive. And what you'll see is, like, one partner was like dragged there by the other. That's okay. They're there. We work with ambivalence. We work with resistance. But in this email that the listener provided to us, their partner is not willing to, to budge to do anything. And she loves him so much, but 
she's feeling powerless at this yeah. point. Yeah, and so and so it's a it's a real subset. It's like beyond like oh my partner is just sort of dragging their feet or they're not sure. It's like how do you deal with what's it like for a person who is straight up trying in a kind way to tell their partner like. I need some things to be different. And if you're just getting a straight, like this is a you problem, not a me problem. So I, I think the first thing, yeah. which almost always feels good when you go to a therapist or even when you go to a friend is just sort of like talking a little bit about what it must feel like yeah. for this individual to be trying to have these conversations and, and just not getting any sort of positive feedback. I think I would be feeling powerless maybe even a little guilt, like, I don't understand what, what's happening. Is it my fault? And a lot of fear because again, in this email, she really loves this person. She wants to make it work no matter what. She doesn't want to give up, but it's also, this is not sustainable. Yeah. She cannot just be the only person doing all of the work. It's, it's not realistic. Yeah. I, I think that you, you said something that jumped out of me is like, I think it must be like incredibly confusing because you're like, yeah. I would assume that what she's feeling is like this deep, like it's stark. It's it's like, I know for sure there's something we could have more. Like I could feel better. Like we could be more connected. And to somebody to tell you just like, it's not true. It's kind of just a mental scramble of like confusion. Well, and feeling it's all on you to make it better or it's done. Yeah. Like what a sense of responsibility. That should not happen in a coupleship, but it does for many reasons, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, I often use the term overfunctioning, right? And I've been an overfunctioner my whole life because of my own trauma background and a lot of trauma survivors are overfunctioners, right? They will make sure that they're pleasing everybody and everything. So like things are okay because it's really uncomfortable if things aren't okay. But through my own therapy and my own work, I realize when you overfunction, you create codependency, right? And you create other people to not have to do the work. Yeah. And then at some point you're exhausted. The yeah. overfunctioner is exhausted. Yeah. which is kind of what reminds me of this scenario, if you will. Yeah, is that she's trying so hard and it's sort of like, you know, dragging or mm -hmm. pulling a yeah. cart yeah. that is meant to be pulled by like four horses or two, at least two horses. Yeah. And there's only one horse pulling it. And so you feel powerless, you feel lonely. And then at a certain point, you, you just sort of feel like, well, I'm just stuck. Well, and here's what really stuck out in the email. She was like, you always say there's hope. Help me. Is there hope in this situation? And my heart went out and we talked about it and we said, let's just do a podcast on this yeah. whole topic because a lot of people struggle with this, a lot of couples. Yeah. So the first thing I want to tell this listener is you're not alone. You know, that this happens often, that there's a dynamic oftentimes where just people have very different needs in relationship. And so, you, so you're not alone. It happens often. There's not something wrong with you or, or really, you know, with your partner either, but just it's blocked. It's stuck. It's stuck. And I will say that there are some people who are totally okay with just the status quo. They don't understand even the reason, what do you mean emotional safety counseling? Ha! I mean, yeah. it's just, some people are just like, I don't want to say more simple, but they're just 
okay with how things are. And when you have a partner that's wanting more and there's such a, a divide, that's where the conversations that need to happen probably almost feel impossible because the other person's basically saying, no, yeah. I'm totally good. Everything we've got set up right now, I'm good. And, and I think it's important also to put out there, especially directly to this person who wrote in, is that, you know, also we're dealing with a limited amount of information, right? Like we have like a, you know, a few paragraphs. And so we're, we're going to do our best to give you some, you know, some insight and some awareness around, around what we've seen. But, you know, there could be many, many things at play. I mean, there's, it, it's a broad spectrum from, you know, some, somebody being stuck because of trauma to somebody being a neuroatypical to like straight up where, you know, maybe something really could, can be going on that you're just unaware of. So I, so I don't want to like simplify it and, and, and yeah. make you think like, hey, here's your solution. But we're going to hopefully just give you a lot of ways to look at it. And there's also the fear of change. Like why change things? They're not that broken. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've dealt with a lot of couples where there's a person in the couple who just doesn't have like a context or an awareness around like personal growth, you know, right. about, about really taking a deep look at yourself as a cognitive, emotional, behavioral human being. Right. Like, and if, if somebody just doesn't have that wiring, like, you know, they're just yeah. a real engineer type or they're a real scientist type or they're a real, you know, tech type, like sometimes those people just they're just not really instinctively built that way. I love the word instinctive because yes, it almost feels like, oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. What does that even mean? Because there's nothing wrong, right, with that human. But yeah. if you're not willing to meet your partner halfway, now we've got an issue. Yeah. And I mean, there's a whole song about it, right? Taylor Swift, it's me. <laughs> I'm the problem, we have it's a, me. We have a Swifty in our family now, so and it's not Tara, but she's kind of becoming a Swifty. I'm just it? singing Taylor Swift <laughs> songs all the time. Yeah. I mean, another big dynamic that we've talked about before is I do think that the expectations in relationship have significantly changed in the past 20, 30 years. Say I mean, more. You know, I think that just like kind of that old school, like, you know, black and white, you know, leave it to beaver, like, and these might be really dating me, but just that old school or like, you know, it's just good enough. Like we're not arguing and we're paying the bills and- Our kids are healthy and the fine. kids are healthy and fine. Is like, that has changed. People want more out of their relationship. Some they, people. They want to be emotionally, physically, intellectually, like they, they want to be connected in a broad way for a long amount of time. But one person might be along in that cultural evolution and another person might be, you know. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I've come from a family where like mom and dad, you know, they lived in different bedrooms and they, you know, were really emotionally distant from one another and that that's just the norm. And they're assuming they're going to like kind of, you know, yeah. just repeat it again and just like, it's good enough. Again, change is really hard at a yeah. very unconscious level. We kind of want to stay 
where we're comfortable, avoid the discomfort zone, please at all costs. Yeah, and I think this individual who wrote in is one of those people who's, cause she sort of mentioned talking about like self-help books or yeah, therapy. She's done a lot. That she's like, that's a part of her world. And she's like, yeah, like that sounds like something exciting. And that sounds like something like growth. And it sounds like her partner just doesn't yeah. look at it the same way at this point, at least. So how do we help this listener with some tools and some options? Because the first thing, you know, that I'm thinking about is boundaries, right? Like if I'm in a relationship with someone and I'm requesting something, I'm asking for a need and they're saying no, what's the boundary to that? I mean, you know, that's that's a hard one because I feel like there's work before the boundaries, right? That's great. Because this person has tried to have a conversation and it's gotten shut down over and over. It's got shoved back on her, like the title, it's not me, it's you. And so I think this person, like, it's gonna be really helpful to engage in just personal growth on her own. And she has to just sort of, whether it's just, you know, a book or an online program or a therapist or uh, some sort of faith-based, you know, whatever it is that, that for her is an entryway into figuring out what's going on for me internally and how do I get to the point of knowing where my boundary is. Yes, because if she's truly true. like, if this doesn't change, this will not work for me. It will not be sustainable. You know, she's gonna have to find a way to say that at some point. I like that you said that because A, just getting support from whatever it is, like you said, um, in the community, a therapist, spiritually, whatever it might be, now you're not alone in it. Now you're kind of understanding what is it that I'm going to be needing in order to feel okay about this situation that's happening. Hence, boundaries may come later on for sure, especially if one person has been over-functioning in the relationship for a really long time. It's a term called enmeshment. I won't bore you, but it's like the other person doesn't even know there's something wrong because the other partner has been taking care of all the emotional needs in the relationship they didn't even know. Well, and personally, like I love, and I, I talk to mostly when I'm working with individuals about their relationships. I'm like, hey, you're coming to see me. Your partner's not here. Mm. So we can't just talk about like what's wrong with them and what you want changed about them Why? forever. That's, that's what know? they want. <laughs> yeah. Come on. So I love talking about system theory, which is like, hey, relationships are like the solar system and the moon and, you know, and the sun in that like there's a stasis, right? Of like everything is keeping itself in its orbit that it's, you know, generally staying within and has been for a long time. But if one part of that system starts making changes, if they start shifting yes. internally, if their language shifts, if their ability to understand what they're feeling and vocalizes it shifts, then other bodies within that system shift. The scary part, we don't know exactly. You know, if the moon moved 150 miles in one direction, I'm not sure what would happen to the earth. And that's what would happen in a relationship is you start changing, you're not sure how your partner is gonna react. And it's scary, but what we do know is if one person changes, it does change the system, usually for the better because that person is changing because things do not feel good. Yeah. You know, and I think even, cause it, it truly could be at a very baseline level, 
that maybe this partner is afraid of change. Like, I don't even know what that means. So even having a, a discussion around like, you know, when I do talk to you about this and, you know, you kind of have a hard line of like, no, I'm not going to go to therapy or whatever. Like, help me understand what that is for you. Yeah. I'm really curious. You know, don't make assumptions, but just be real curious about that. Like, absolutely yeah. not. I love what you said there, Tara, because I think maybe I was falling into a little bit of a place of like, maybe some of the lack of hope that this listener has. And, and what you maybe could give her is some hope here is like, maybe there's interesting ways you could approach this conversation differently that you might get your partner to talk about it in a slightly different way. And curiosity is definitely a way of like, hey, I've asked you about this before and you seem like you're not there and I totally honor that, but could you just help me understand a little bit more? Yeah, I love that. So the approach the approach is significant because again, we don't have a ton of information. We don't know how she's been approaching her partner. It could be out of like desperation. It could be out of anxiety. It could be out of, you know, love. I'm not sure, but approach is everything because if it's coming from a fear-based place, the partner might like recoil, like, I, what are you talking about? Yeah. But if it's coming from like, I love us. Like, I want to be with you forever. And I know that we could also grow together. And are you willing to do this? Because you're really saying, I am signing up with you because I love you. And how can we continue forward together in a way that feels good for both of us? But that approach, you know, does not happen with a lot of couples. And it's like poking and pushing and prodding. And then it's exhausting to the other person. And Oh, and then everyone's just lost yeah. and alone in it. Yeah. And if there was like one thing I would be like, okay, to this person, I'd be like, take this away from this conversation mm. is right now you feel very disempowered. You know, yes. you feel like a total lack of agency. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's really hard as humans. We like to feel like we have some, you know, we got our hands on the wheel in, in some way and we're driving the bus, right? Yeah. Is finding some way to feel empowered. And if that's changing the way you bring this up to your partner, if it's really embarking on a very intentional journey of self-growth yourself, yeah. but just finding a way where you can say like, you know, look, they might not be willing to make a shift, but darn it, I'm gonna begin the shift myself. And really identifying those things that make you feel empowered, because when you've been in a, an environment where there's kind of the same things happening every day, you really can get into this place of hopelessness or powerlessness. And even research shows us that if you do something different, you have different chemicals now happening in your brain, which actually are feel-good chemicals. So what is it even in the past that made you feel empowered? For me, it's running. I love running. I love exercise. I love reading. I love a good cup of coffee with Aztec mocha spices, like I feel good. <laughs> You've got to identify what it is that makes you feel like you, not who you are in this relationship, but what makes you feel good for you. So I think identifying those is going to be really important. Absolutely. So, you know, I want to um, 
you know, just say thank you to this listener for taking that. This, you know, you did take a step by reaching out to us. And I mm -hmm. want to really like say, like, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for taking that step of vulnerability. Thank you for opening up and saying, like, I want things to be different. Thank you for still having hope. Thank you for looking for hope. Just the idea of, of looking for something that will give you hope yeah. is having hope, right? So I, I want to say like, it's in you, like that fire is in you yes. to change things and to make things better for, for you, right? And for your relationship, you. for your family, right? And so, so thank you very much. And hopefully this has been helpful to you and to all of our audience, please, you know, we love responding directly to you because then we know like that we're, that we're sort of meeting your needs, that we're answering the questions that you want to have answered. And can I also say, if you have been in this situation where you had a partner that was not willing to budge or move, but things have shifted, help us understand how it did, yeah. right? Whether positive or negative, but that kind of brings normalization and just more information because a lot of couples struggle with this. So if you have that story, we would love to hear it. Yeah. And, and just to return also to mission here, like our mission is to help couples have the best relationship that they can possibly have. Our mission is to help people understand that your relationship is a vehicle to become your best selves together. Our mission is to build a community of people who, who are really making our relationships better so our families are better, so our communities are better, right? And so please, what really helps us in our mission is please, you know, give us a review, you know, like the show, please share, tell somebody that you know that you think might enjoy, might get something out of it, might be motivated, that might give them hope where they're hopeless. You know, let's all help each other just make this world a better place and just get the love that we all deserve. That was beautiful. I guess I'll end it with thank you, EJ, for being on this journey with me. Thank you, Tara. And as always, just take care of yourself, take care of each other. You deserve security. You deserve a great, loving relationship where you feel heard and seen. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the same. Me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me are we. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.